Well, welcome to another edition of the Boilers Extra podcast uh, here on JC Online through uh, SoundCloud. Uh, Mike Carmen uh, covers the Purdue sports for the the Journal and Courier and jconline.com. Uh, the Boilermakers coming off a victory on Saturday night over Oregon State to, to start the season 1-0. Uh, this week, going to Connecticut. And Connecticut, the football program, is a is a story in its own right. <laughs> Maybe not the best story in its own right, but it is a story. Uh, and Purdue's going to face them on Saturday uh, in Hartford. Uh, joining us on the podcast uh, today... Uh, one of the one of the talented writers uh, that that covers UConn sports, Mike Demuro, uh, worked he's columnist for the New London Day. Been there over thirty years. Our paths have crossed before, way back in the day when Purdue women's basketball was a national discussion, uh, and Connecticut is still a national discussion when it comes to women's basketball. But Mike, thanks for joining us this morning, and I hope you're doing well. And uh, how are things going right now? Things are great, Mike. Thanks for thanks for having me on. Well, it's a pleasure, um, and hope hope to see you on Saturday so we can maybe swap some stories. But uh, I wanted to start just kind of, how has UConn's football program found itself in this position where uh, they're losing to Holy Cross? Uh, you know, they had to cancel the season last year because of some COVID concerns and other other factors, and now they don't have a head coach. You know, he's he's going to retire after after two games this season. Just what has led up to this point? Uh, with this program well mike it started with uh randy etzel's first um first uh stint here and things were were really going well i mean they won the big east uh a couple of times and the second time they got to um a bcs bowl game they got to the fiesta bowl in 2010 that uh that season but the the, the, the roots to all this began then. Um, you know, that a, a year before that, uh, you know, Randy Etzel talked to a few of us, some of the guys on the beat that he knew the best. And he said he didn't like the way things were. Um, he didn't like the, how things were, had changed, you know, at the, at the, at the school and we said well you know what do you mean by that and he said he was concerned that admissions had you know tightened the strings a little bit on them and the kids that he was getting four and five years ago were now being told no and they were going to at the time they were they were getting in to west virginia and Louisville, who were UConn's biggest uh, obstacles in the, in the Big East, so he had went he went to the athletic director at the time, Jeff Hathaway, who said who and he said, Jeff, look, we need to go to admissions, and we need to talk to them, and essentially the message was, look. Give me the benefit of the doubt here. Our graduation rate is is really good. The kids go to to class. If you know, I, there's I, there's certain marginal guys I need, and I think I have the track record to show that you know we'll get them through. 
Hathaway declined to go with Edsel. And that is what started the, the decline. Admissions never gave in. And Edsel, you know, Edsel saw this. And look, we don't have the, the resources and the revenues here to stop, to stop to stop doing what we had done for and, and uh, five years before. So that's why he went to Maryland. And the narrative here, Mike, has been that Edsel quit uh, on, 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 on he, Yukon when I would make the argument Yukon quit on him. So he left and they brought in Paul Pasqualoni, who has a wonderful NFL resume, probably knows the X's and O's of football better, better than anybody, but not, not as great with the, the college kids and certainly not uh, a very good recruiter. So the program's talent level started to sink and they got rid of Pasqualoni, and then they made a hideous mistake with Bob Diaco, who had been the he was the hot the hot young guy, and uh, you know he had been the, the DC at uh, Notre Dame, and he came in, you know, uh, talked the talk, but never walked the, the the walk, not even close, and. Diaco, I mean, he was, I mean, I, I, I call him Captain Queeg because he, <laughs> he, he was, he's a, just a bizarre dude. Like, I, mean, I mean, as you, as you know, he was Purdue's defensive coordinator last year. I didn't know. I'm sorry. I, sh- I, sh- I should have known. Oh, so you know. Yes. We, just a weird dude. We had, we so had anyway, nine-month experience with him. So Yeah, so that conspired with UConn, you know, with the, UConn leaving the Big East and going to the uh, American. And listen, Mike, the American as a football conference was actually pretty good. You had some pretty good uh, schools here, but in terms of playing here in the in the in the Northeast, the the American offered no sex appeal whatsoever. Right. I mean, you're you're playing. You know, you're playing Tulane and Tulsa. I mean, it just doesn't, it just doesn't, it just doesn't move the needle here. So this became a much, much less um, desirable place to come. And so where are we now? Okay. You have a home stadium 20 miles from campus that is, you know, that is, most games has twenty five thousand empty seats, and it's it's a it's a forty thousand seat stadium. There's not a great level of talent here. There's no fertile recruiting base. There's no conference affiliation, and the their future schedules are either have. Pay out games that they can't win, Michigan, Ohio State, 
uh, NC State, BC, and games that, or games nobody nobody wants to watch in the the first place. Uh, Wyoming, Utah State, Florida, inter, international, you know, Middle Tennessee. No, nobody wants to watch that. That's at least not here. So you just have this. Everywhere you turn, there's just, I, I mean, I, I call it dead and walking. There's just, I just don't see any, any, any hope here. Like, and, and to me, the only way. It, All right, you've you cut out a little bit there, so I'm not, um, I'm not getting you right now. Okay. I'm sorry. Uh, you you cut out there a little bit, so. Uh, okay, is that is this better? Yeah, that's much better. Okay. So anyway, I, I, the, the only way they're going to turn this around is by paying a coach an astronomical It was an an athletic department a year or two ago. They were running at a forty million dollar deficit. So, I just don't see it. I don't see how this is ever going to work. I mean, do they have to drop down a division? Do they have to go to FCS, or is that just... Well, you know, I suppose but that's, a, a, that's a, a, a money pit, too. I mean, I, I, I guess they could they could do that, but to me, you still have the same issues. Um, it's just, we are a basketball state here, and, they, and the, the, the school failed to capitalize on the momentum that they had in, you know, from 2003 to 2010. And once they lost it, I, I just don't see them ever getting it back. Do you, do you ever see a day that UConn would not have a football program? I don't know that I can go that far yet, Mike, because they have, there's a lot in, in, there's a lot invested in this, including now one of the things the program does have, they have a, a state-of-the-art on uh, on-campus facility. So, maybe it's hard to recruit a kid to an empty home stadium, but you can bring them on, on campus and show them this beautiful uh, training center. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, 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 unless they can figure out some kind of a, a use for that for that place... I don't. I think they'll 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 hang on here as long as they can. But I just feel like you know, for for from nineteen eighty, basically from nineteen ninety on, UConn's brand grew exponentially because of basketball. And I feel like I mean, football has become a punchline here. And it's it's not helping the brand at all. Right. So with with this week's development, with Randy Etzel saying he's going to retire at the end of the year, and then, well, no, you're going to retire now. <laughs> situation. Uh, how much did that catch? You know, people off guard, or or did it, or did did you did you kind of anticipate something like that after Saturday's loss? Nothing that drastic, Mike. I mean, after Saturday's loss, I mean, I think 
I think we knew. I, I, I think. I mean, I sat there Saturday. I mean, and, and as as if that weren't bad enough, the game was like three hours and thirty seven minutes. I mean, it's just, and I'm thinking, how did this get so bad? So I think we all knew. I mean, if you can't beat Holy Cross, you may not be able to beat anybody on your on your on your schedule. But one thing I do know is this: on Sunday night, um, I I had not talked to to Randy about this, but on Sunday night, a, a mutual friend of ours did speak to him, and he said he felt like the weight of the world had been lifted off of his shoulders. Mm-hmm. Now, what happened on Monday, I don't know. I don't know what why we went from retire at the end to get out now, but it's possible that he just said, why would I give myself, you know, 10 more weeks of... Uh, 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 misery like this because it's it's not going to get it's, it, it, it's not going to get any better. Uh, yeah, it, it doesn't it doesn't sound like it is going to to get any better. I mean, what you know have, have people just kind of tuned out UConn football? I mean, I saw they had what eighteen thousand there, or they announced eighteen thousand. They announced on, it, and a lot of them were wearing purple, too, which is uh, <laughs> Holy Cross's main color right the other day yes a lot of people have have tuned it out i i think you know like this is kind of sad to say but even in the good days football was sort of like something to do before basketball right started um but in in fairness you know they would they would they would fill wrenchler the field they, they would they would they would fill it and it got it got it got loud on certain on certain days, but once they got bad, this is, we are not a college football culture up, up here. I mean, I'd, I'd make the same argument that, you know, the, the only two D1 schools in the, the Northeast are, are UConn and, and uh, BC. And on the years, uh, BC's not any good. Nobody goes there either. It's just not a college football culture here and um so once they started to lose yes everybody kind of kind of tuned out and that was it i I mean you should there was no atmosphere there saturday whatsoever none well that's unfortunate that uh they're in that spot um have they i mean i know in basketball they're they're in the big east and that's good and that's good but since they're just an independent in football, do they have any hope of getting caught up in any kind of realignment discussion uh, <laughs> that would that would help them in any way? Because you know, you talk about the brand; it's a good brand. But do they have any hope of getting in that wave of maybe landing someplace here in the next few years? Well, it's funny you say that, Mike, because we were talking about this at the game. Saturday, you know, if they had remained in the American, you see right now that the Big 12 is starting to reach out to some of the American teams. Uh, And, you know, given that the Big 12 is going to lose Oklahoma and Texas, who are primarily known for football, but also pretty good basketball schools, too. 
I wonder if they would have reached out to to UConn, you know, not going to help them much football-wise, but certainly is going to add to the basketball. If they if they had stayed, maybe you know, maybe they would, maybe they would be in that conversation right now. Right, and you know, the program might be in a little bit better shape. I mean, they're um, they might be a little bit more attractive. Uh, yeah. But as you said at the beginning, if you're not going to get any help from the admissions department and the university as a whole, you really don't have a, a lot of hope <laughs> to turn this thing around because, as most people know, you do need to have some chips in your pocket from an admission standpoint to get certain yes. kids in that can increase your talent level. And, you know, every university wants to take the high and mighty stance of we only let in these kind of students type of thing. They got to achieve A, B, and C. But everybody knows there's exceptions. And you in the university, you have to work with that. And if the university is unwilling to work with athletics or the football program, then they're doomed. Well, Mike, and I've never understood how, you know, and if you have, like, what, let's say you have, 15,000 undergraduates, how a quarterback, three linemen, four linebackers, and a, 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 and a receiver is somehow going to alter the, the academic uh, I- integrity of your school. Right. I, I mean, you know, they always say that athletics are the front porch to the university. Well, I mean... You know, sixty thousand people come on you come on your campus Saturday to watch the to watch the 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 football team. There is value in that, and I think UConn lost sight of that at some at some point. Right. All right. So uh, they have an interim coach now. Um, obviously, there's going to be some changes. I've already seen some changes on their depth chart. What does uh, I can't even think of his name? Who the, the interim coach now? Lou Spanos. Okay. What what will he bring? Uh, you know, it's hard to make wholesale changes in a week, but what what will what will UConn fans see out of him, and what kind of difference can he make here for the rest of the season? Well, you know, Mike, you've been around sports long enough, and I, I won't be profane here, but you know the the the. Probably the 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 old adage in sports that applies the most is you can't make chicken salad out of chicken, you know. Yep. And Lou, I mean, listen, I'm sure I'm I'm sure the guy he knows he knows football, and maybe for a bit he'll be able to rally the the troops here. But you're 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 going to get Big Ten talent here against the team that couldn't beat. Uh, an FCS school. So my guess is UConn will play with a lot of emotion early, and if Purdue's not not ready, they're probably get they they might get hit in the 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 mouth for a bit. But as the game goes on, the talent the talent will win out. Well, Purdue is not as I you know is not an Ohio State. They're not a Michigan. They're not blessed with talent up and down the roster. They have they have some good frontline players 
that are probably better than UConn's players, but they they run into some same issues. This is a Purdue fans are extremely nervous now about this game. <laughs> they are because first of all, don't they're, be. <laughs> they're, they are a thirty-three and a half point favorite on the road. Mm. I, I can't even think the last time Purdue was in that situation. You know, now UConn's football program is in even more turmoil than it was when you start the week. And they are very leery of this game because these are games that the fan base always thinks that something weird is going to happen, an officiating call or just a boatload of turnovers that all of a sudden you're in the fourth quarter, you're in a tie game, and you've got to convert a third and four to to keep the ball and you don't do it. That's how Purdue fans work. (laughs) So, Mike, I'll I'll say this. The last big game we ever had here – Michigan came here on a, on a Saturday night. I want to say maybe 2012, 13, somewhere around there. And in the middle of the third quarter, UConn was up 21 to 7 with something other than the better team. And and Michigan won walking away. Okay. So, so <laughs> I, I think you, it's something like that it happened. It would not shock me. Right. Uh, just because the, the kids are... I mean, the, the kids here, you know, they're getting told how bad they are. Uh, you know, they're probably going at some, on some level to run with the narrative of uh, our our coach abandoned us. Whatever they need to get themselves to get themselves ready to to, to play. So I'm sure Jeff Jeff Brom's going to have a, you know, he should. Uh, you know, practice for him is going to be interesting this week because he can certainly say, "Hey, fellas, you know, these guys—they're going to—they're to, going to come out here Saturday and try to punch you in the mouth." Our sense of purpose needs to be as high as theirs. Can he get them to, to do that? I don't—I don't know. But again, as the game goes on, I just think Purdue will. They'll they'll be fine. Well, we'll see about that. I did want to ask you. Uh, they they have made a quarterback change. UConn has for for the week. Stephen Krajewski. Krajewski, yes. Yeah. Uh, what what do you know about him? Uh, I know they've had some struggles with the the other guy who was well under fifty percent with his completion percentage. But what 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 do you expect out of the new quarterback Saturday? Well, I I go back to the. To the chicken salad thing, uh, Mike. I mean, well, so here's here's what happened Saturday, and I, I guess this is the best way to ex, to ex, explain it. UConn was down three, probably early fourth quarter, and it, it it seemed to us that the UConn coaches thought this was the opportunity in the game to take a few deep deep shots. And not one receiver got any kind of separation whatsoever against the Holy Cross defensive backs. So I don't think there's really any any danger in Purdue leaving their uh, their corners on a on an island and uh, just ma- just just making it because they're they're not going to get beat deep. And I think if if Purdue is able to flood, you know, let's say 15 yards beyond 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 the line of uh, scrimmage, I, I just don't think 
Reduce is going to have many, many, uh, many throwing lanes. And and I, you know, I mean, again, I don't see them being able to to run the ball very well because they they couldn't push Holy Cross around. You know, and then the other thing is, I just don't think these kids know how to win because they they haven't. And case in point, uh, it's fourth in, I don't know, three or four maybe with 10 minutes left Saturday. And UConn's on maybe the Holy Cross 45. And Edsel decided to punt. Great punt. They down it at the three-yard line. So you figure, okay, here's a point in the game where uh, a three-and-out, uh, a short punt, good field position, and you score. And instead, Holy Cross went 98 yards in four plays, including a 76-yard scramble by the quarterback who might not be able to meet to beat me or you <laughs> in a race. So again, they just they don't really know how to win. I I, I mean, Krajewski again may give them a a, a bit of a of a jolt, but as the game goes on, I just don't see the the receivers here being able to being able to uh, separate themselves. Mm-hmm. Just one last thing. I mean, uh, who would you identify as UConn's maybe top two or three players? That's a great question. Uh, <laughs> I don't, don't mean I, to put I, you I, on I the spot. <laughs> I, I, Mike, I, I honestly can't. I, I don't know. I mean, Kevin Mensa, the, the running back, decent player, couple of guys on uh, uh, on defense, decent players, but so I I I I I, I can't answer that. I, I don't know who I don't know who it is. I mean, they they lost forty five to nothing to Fresno in the first game, and they lost to an FCS school in the second game. So nobody's really um, uh, distinguished themselves here. Right. Well, that, that it surprises me in a way that you, you don't have an answer because I mean, Purdue got a transfer from UConn, you know, going into last season, Tyler Coyle, who is on the Dallas Cowboys practice squad. And now he didn't play, he didn't play from the beginning at, for Purdue last year, but he got in, I think, three games or something like that because of some injury. But the guy has some talent because – He's on an NFL practice squad. Then they just—they don't put you and me on an NFL practice squad for a reason. So, well, uh, yeah, maybe the change of, of of scenery did him well. Yeah, uh, I mean, did him good. I—I I don't know. Yeah. Um, you know, but it, it, again, I just—you would think that in a close game in the fourth quarter against an FCS school, you know, that's where that's where the the talented player goes, okay, I'm going to, I got to win this game for us now. And they just did. All righty. Well, uh, appreciate the conversation today. Mike DeMuro from the new London day, the columnist, the excellent writer reporter, been doing it for three decades. Uh, he gives you the, the, uh, what's going on with Connecticut football. Uh, hopefully, for the sake of college football, they get it turned around at some point. I know Purdue fans don't want it turned around this week, but hopefully down the line they 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 get that done and UConn can you know play football 
with with the big boys and FBS, but uh, it's in there, it's going to be interesting to follow what happens now with that program and uh, what direction they take and and all that kind of stuff. But hey, Mike, appreciate your time today. Thank you very much. Um, hopefully, to see, will we see you on Saturday? I don't believe you'll see me Saturday. No, I, I, my, uh, I, 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 I think I saw all I, I needed to see <laughs> last Saturday. I may be, I'll probably be back at at some point during the year. But uh, yeah, I think I kind of know how that one's going to go. Okay. All right. Well, we appreciate your time this morning. Thanks very much. Uh, best of luck to you the rest of the year. All right. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks, Mike. Well, once again, thanks to Mike DeMuro from the New London uh, Day a newspaper. Uh, great guy, excellent reporter, excellent writer. Knows all there is to know about UConn uh, sports, not just football. But we appreciate his time and his insight of kind of where UConn football is at right now. And it's not in a good place. So anytime you think Purdue football's not in a good place, just think about uh, where UConn's at and the decisions that have to be made with that program and what direction they go um, and whether they'll ever have a have a football program that is relevant again um, and whether they have to drop down to FCS or do something else. Um, it, it appears they've missed their window to jump into the realignment uh, wave of stuff. And, um, and they are a basketball school, men's and women's basketball, uh, that's what they do there, uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. But football does help pay the bills. It's the only sport where you can get, you know, potentially forty thousand people uh, into one place buying tickets. So most most uh, Division One athletic departments need a good football program to to help. You know, the other example that I think of is like Kansas and how how bad. Kansas football is, but they have the Big 12 TV contract. They get the resources from that. Uh, and, of course, their basketball program is is excellent. So I uh, hope you enjoyed uh, Mike's insight uh, on wh- where, where things stand with UConn. And, you know, and I, I know Purdue fans are nervous about this game. And, um, you know, in the end, it'll probably all work out. But, I mean, I, I, I do see where you have all these things kind of uh, piling up uh, from a UConn perspective where, you know, they lose to an FCS team. Their, their coach says he's going to retire at the end of the year. Now the coach is going to quit. Now you've got an interim coach. Uh, you know, they're going to play, you know, the players are going to play hard for the interim coach to prove that, you know, they haven't given up on the season and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so, you know, Purdue's in a very tricky situation. I mean, I can't really remember. I mean, yeah, Purdue's played FCS schools in the past at home and, and uh, where they're they're in a no win situation, uh, but this this is kind of the first time I remember where Purdue is going on the road, um, where if anything anything other than a win happens, then it's not a good deal. And it has happened, you know, when the, Purdue has gone to Nevada, it's happened when Purdue has gone to Marshall, but in those games. You know, while Purdue was favored to win those games, they were not thirty-three and a half point favorites to win that game. They were not hands down. So, um, but I, you know, I think at the end of Saturday, everything will be fine, and Purdue and its fans can move on to to, to focus on Notre Dame and getting that series back going. Uh, but Purdue, you know, I, you know, you understand the trepidation. Uh, 
because Purdue's never been this big of a favorite on the road that I can remember. Of course, there were some times at home uh, against the Mac schools back in the Joe Tiller day. I think they were 35, 36-point favorites at home, but that that's a different, different situation. Uh, so it's a big game for Purdue just to come out and, and kind of take care of business and uh, get up early, you know, hopefully – you're up enough throughout the game that other guys can get in the game and play. And, uh, you know, you want to win the game and you don't want to get anybody hurt. And that's that's the two things that I think probably are on the mind of Jeff Brom as much as possible. You, you know, you want to do everything possible to go win the game, but then you don't want to get anybody uh, valuable hurt for you uh, going into the rest of the season because you, you, Purdue needs to keep its its main players healthy and uh, everything like that. So, okay, well, that's another edition of the Boulders Extra podcast for this week. Um, as Purdue gets ready to play Connecticut, uh, so I may put another podcast together closer to to game day on Saturday. Um, uh, but other than that, uh, join us after the game uh, for uh, a wrap up of what happens uh, Saturday. Uh, I'll be be in attendance in Hartford to to chronicle and of course follow all our all our stuff on jconline.com uh, uh to get uh to get the latest information on what's going on uh with Purdue football and uh ahead of Saturday's game uh against uh, the Yukon Huskies. Thanks for stopping by. We appreciate it and have a good day.